Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome, Matt. How are you doing today? Dude, I am really, really good. It was not the greatest day at work. I'm glad that the workday is over. And uh, to be sitting around for happy hour and to do some watch talk, it's going to be a fun episode. The payoff was there for your uh, your perseverance today. Um, we're actually on location. We're at Granville in Pasadena on South Lake for those who are local. Uh, and we have some special guests today. We're going to be talking watches, of course. Uh, military and particularly uh, a brand new exciting project so I'm gonna I'm gonna tease it there for a moment until we get into introducing our guests and, and getting into the main topic um, we first caught wind of this at actually our event last month which was the, the spirit of time slash chrono group meetup over at Overtown Brewery uh, we released our riff in time the whiskey barrel aged amber ale yep super I mean it's been a hit people have loved it yeah I I loved it <laughs> I'm happy to hear. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, we should have brought him a couple of beers. Might be able. To next make, one. Next might one. Still be able to make that happen. And uh, our guests uh, were kind enough to join us, um, and and also brought along some special, at that time yet to be announced watches. And so of course we are absolutely curious, not disappointed. We got a chance to sneak off to the side and take a look at these things, and we knew we had to tell the story, learn more, and get these guys on the pod to uh, to, to really do more uh, about telling what, what we're going to be talking about today, really. So with that, uh, let's get into a, maybe a poor check, wrist check. Matt, why don't you, why don't you lead us off here? Okay, so um, in, the, uh, in the glass, this is the Scrimshaw Pilsner. Okay, so Scrimshaw is from Fort Bragg, California. This is basically north of San Luis Obispo, north of Paso Robles, okay? Um, good, good beer country up there. And of course the, the Fort Bragg connection, obviously it's a different Fort Bragg, but, um, you know, it's, it's, we're sort of honoring the name, right? Fort Bragg is basically home of United States Army Special Operations, uh, first special forces, you know, uh, well, what they called, you know, uh, uh, combat applications group, CAG, Delta Force in the movies, um, a lot of airborne stuff, green berets. So it, it felt fitting to have this in the glass. And it's actually, this is a really good beer. Um, very happy with this. On wrist today is the, the Blanc Pond 50 Fathoms. This is the Bathyscaphe. And this has got our friend Kill Hubris's kind of, I don't know what he would call this. It's kind of a, a green, uh, red, very dark blue camo. It's the, I think this is the camo pattern that put him on the map, and he was kind enough to send me one of these after a bunch of mine got stolen, so thanks for that, dude. Appreciate it. So that's my wrist check, poor check. How about for you? What do you got? Well, I'll kick this off and turn it over to our special guest. I have on the Balsol Ocean Moon 4 Black, so that's the black dial variant in the black case. 
Um, you can see where we're foreshadowing with our drink and uh, our port check and our wrist check. Right now I have it on this um, strap habit uh, sailcloth, uh, this olive green, which gives it a nice look, I think, uh, sort of this fall look. I had it on orange rubber for a little while over the summer, felt like it was right time to shift it into a fall look, and, and actually this gives it a little bit of a, a sort of a tactical look in, in some ways too. Yeah, it looks good, man. Thank you. The uh, In the glass, I have the uh, Craftsman 1903 Lager. So these are, this is a, an outfit based here out of Pasadena. I yeah, think. these guys are local, right? Yeah, we, we've, I, you know, I've always had an interest in learning more about them and, and, and whenever I see their beers, I like to try it when we're, when we're nearby here at home. So that's on the wrist, in the glass. Now I want to turn it over to uh, our special guests. Let's start with, uh, with Aaron. Aaron, why don't you uh, tell us what's what's on your wrist and uh, what's in your glass? Like you, what's on my wrist is the Ocean Moon 4, but with the white dial. Um, this watch is a little special one. It actually says down the side, engraved in a beautiful script, says Wimbledon Champions 2022, because uh, Max Purcell and I both wore these watches on uh, our Wimbledon campaign where Max actually won the doubles with um, Matt Ebden, who is a, a, a big component. He wears Vermont. Um, it's the Ocean Moon Diver. We have uh, the, the strap is uh, recycled ocean plastic because the ocean is so important to us in Australia. We can only live around the ocean. You die if you try to live in the middle. Um, unlike America where you can just live right across. It's something that's taken me a minute to get used to. And in the glass is also uh, the Pilsner Scrimshaw uh, in honor of Fort Bragg. It's, it was the only fitting beer on, on the menu or the only fitting drink on the menu. Um, given the project that Jamal and I are about to embark on. So, over to you, Jamal. What's in your glass and what's on your wrist? What's in my glass is Fort Bread. Uh, had plenty of time to uh, do some 4187s and send those troops that uh, wanted to be, I want to say, uh, Airborne Rangers to Fort Bragg for training. They had to come from Fort Campbell. What's on my wrist is my rose gold ocean moon number three, black dial, limited edition, sold out. <laughs> that's a, uh, I gotta say, that's a really striking watch. When I sat down, I asked Jamal immediately, dude, take that off. I gotta take a look at this. Um, the so this is, if correct me if I'm wrong, right? This is a uh, a, a tide tracker. Yes. Yep. Quartz. Yep. It's that the ocean moon was based around the watch that actually the movement told the the tide and the phases of the moon. So it was a, a pretty special watch that we started to build that watch around. We loved it. That's that was our third iteration, and then um, we got wind that that movement was about to be discontinued. So we bought every other of that. You know, I think there were 600 left in the world. We found them. We bought them. We made 600 watches, and then. Um, Never to be done again. I love it. I love it. I, I'm remiss to say, too, I have a special engraving on my Ocean Moon. I have a Mission 1530 on the case back. This is a, a special set of, of Ocean Moon 4s that Jason, a, a spirit of time Former along. guest, right? Jason K. Jason K. Um, He's a he, bad hombre. He is a bad hombre. He gifted a, a number of these to the producers uh, that are that are making his... his uh, their, collaborating with, I should say, him on a special release. We should see very shortly. I've had the first iteration, the Reposado. I think we should see that in the next couple weeks. Okay. Uh, but that's a really cool project. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, this is a very cool watch that uh, Jason was able to, to coordinate with Aaron and the Balsall team and, and put on the wrists of uh, 
some tequila arrows, um, I, which is pretty awesome. I've got to say, so now, you know, for the listener, you can't see this, but all three of these watches now are off risk. So Greg, Jamal, and Aaron have all taken their watches off. I mean, and, you know, we're, I, we're sort of burying the lead. I don't think we say this, but everybody's kind of figured it out but figured it out by now. This is a, a Bausol-centric episode. But each of these episodes, or each of these episodes, each of these watches are now laying sort of case back up. And this is one of the most interesting and I think attractive case back executions I've ever seen. If you can kind of picture a uh, the surface, like a glassy surface of the ocean with a reflected full moon, and it's there's nothing lost in translation. I mean, it's it's perfectly executed. You know exactly what they're getting at. Um, I don't surf anymore, but as a kid, I did. And this, like, this speaks to me. This is basically this is like Bodie's stealth mission in the movie, man. You know, so <laughs> it, it's super, super cool. And I'm just, I'm really happy that we're able to finally sit down with you guys. I missed you last year at uh, Micro Lux LA, and it feels like it's this has been a long time coming, especially since Greg has had his watch for now for what about six months, seven months? Uh, yeah, probably about that. About that, yeah. I, yeah, I was to say that I was blown away by the build quality of the watch is an understatement, and so um, let's, let's pause there for a second. Let's let our guests formally introduce themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Why don't we start, Jamal, with you. What is, kind of, give us a sense of your, you know, who you are, your background, and what is your connection to Balsell? What do you do? What is your role? Um, introduction would be Jamal Ali. Um, I want to start with the military first, uh, because I think that's important. Uh, first duty station, 80 Deuce, engineer, Fort Humphrey. Uh, that's Camp Humphrey's actually in Fort, that's actually in Korea, South Korea. And uh, second duty station, 187 Infantry in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which actually led me to a year and a half tour duty in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait uh, for the Perth Gulf War, which is Desert Storm. So, um, I would say the essence of introduction to Bazell um, as a former stylist working with NBA and NFL players, I thought that there was a, a need uh, for a watch brand uh, that could flow between the players, not necessarily on the highest level, but and cost-wise, but something that could fit everyone that was within their arena uh, that they carry around with them every day. And that's a lot of different people. Um, so I was able to look around and, enter, and make a, a suggestion of whether where should I could go, and I looked at Bazell and noticed that it was actually in California, and I could really have a chance to reach out to the person and have a physical conversation. I reached out to Aaron to build that relationship, to get those things going, and to be totally honest with you. It was probably the most unexpected relationship I've ever had. Um, I thought that it was about watches and what I was going to do in watch sale, but we built a much bigger relationship based on more mental and the growth of an individual. And it seems to be a almost a part of what Brazil is almost is. It's, it's a non-negative vibe. It's all about growth. It's all about a love relationship is tight, is intermingling, and 
I never expected to grow to that level, but it's actually grown to that level. So building a great relationship with the veteran community to do things that are great for them. So that's the one thing that's really important to me is as a former military personnel, is to do something that I can give back. And that's something that Gazelle has offered me to be able to push back to the community of the veteran community. And I want to do that at the, at the highest level that I can do. Right on. So you, if I understand this correctly, you approach this from the outside as somebody who is a stylist for people in the NBA. True. So players, you know, people associated with teams and things like that. And you approach a watch brand looking for something to, to bring to the people that you work with. And Bussell attracted your attention. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I got it. I got it. Aaron? I'm going to put you on uh, on the spot. What is your role? I mean, I think I understand, but for people who don't know who you are. Um, I think with everything that Jamal just said, he put me on the spot as well. Um, I don't know how to follow that. I, um, I'm the CEO of Bossell. Um, I took over in early 2019. Um, I've been friends with Jamal since about 2016. Fifteen. Can't years out of Seems like he's always been. You know, it's a real friendship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A long time. That's yeah. longer than I think I've known Greg. Yeah. Seems yeah. like he's always been there. Um, yeah, I took over as CEO in the in early 2019 after selling a company in the beauty space. Um, it wasn't at first when the guys from Bossell approached me. I thought no way. Um, I just sold a company after two years of hard work, and I wanted to have a year off to develop some projects. But the more I thought about it the more I, I realized it was an opportunity to you know, to take an Australian brand and and take it to the to the world and put it on the global sky on the you know, on the global stage and that's something that the more I thought about it the more I couldn't say no. And um, so we've you know, here I am three almost four years later and and you know, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I love it. Um, the amount of value it adds to my life is incredible. The people within the watch industry, I keep saying it's about the watch. It's, it's not so much about the watches, it's about the people. It's the watches that bring us all together. And you know, here we are, and we met a year ago, and um, we met through Instagram, I think, and the same as I met Jamal through Instagram. And um, the watch community is just so, I guess, we kind of nurture each other and push each other up and help each other, which it's. You know, it's, it's quite amazing. So that's who I am. Um, do you need anything more from me? I mean, any, any questions? Well, we got plenty of questions for you. We're just getting started. But that's a good introduction to sort of who, who Aaron is, who Jamal is, uh, and what you all do for, for Basal and, and, and where we're going to be taking this conversation. Um, you know, our friends at the Out of Time podcast would be so pleased right now because their tagline is... It's the first thing I thought of. We came for the watches, we stayed for the people. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they would be, they're going to be really excited to hear this, you know, the sentiment echo. But I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of relationships that are built, fostered, developed, and, and sort of uh, cultivated uh, through, you know, watches and sort of adjacent things. But really what it boils down to is it's person to person, you know, people to people. You may hear a repeated theme from me is that, you know, having worked in different businesses over the years, I've been founding businesses since I was like in my early 20s when I realized that you know, I turned up to work and I was a, well, I, I was a, um, a hand-painted sign writer when I first left school. So I never went to college, but what I did learn from that when I did my apprenticeship was that all the older guys were saying, 
I hate this job. I hate this job all day, every day. They just weren't happy. And that was my biggest lesson. The day I finished my apprenticeship, I said, bye guys, I'm out. <laughs> and they all laughed at me exactly like that. Yeah. And they said, what are you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna work for myself. They said, what do you know about business? I said, absolutely nothing. I know how to do my job and I know people and I know that I'll, I'll be able to get people to give me a job. People give me work. And then I made years and years of mistakes and learning along the way and it, you know, it's always about the people. I, I came for the people, I'm staying for the watches. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. It turns it on its head, but it's the same exact concept. Um, so, you know, Matt mentioned earlier and, and both Jamal and Aaron have hit on it. We met about a year ago. There was the LA Micro Lux watch event in downtown LA. Loads of fun. You guys were crazy busy. We, I think we intended actually to maybe have a sidebar conversation. That didn't happen. You guys were just hustling, talking. People were all over the booth. Ton of fun. Um, but I think it laid the groundwork for not only getting to know the brand better, getting to know you guys better, and then, you know, subsequently, you know, being way more engaged with what is coming, what is about to drop, and what is sort of in, in the future. Um, so this makes this episode, I think, really fun and special. Um, you know, we've, we've, Matt and I have talked a lot about Fossil on the Pod, especially as we've gotten the watches in hand, but we're curious, for those who maybe aren't as familiar, what can you tell us more about it? You know, what can you tell us about the history, the distinctiveness, what's the mission? Like, give us, give us the elevator speech, right? Tell us, if, if you're new to this brand, what do we need to know? Well, it was founded in 2011, and I'm going to give you, I promise I'll give you the short version. We're not going to go year by year. We got fresh beers, so you yeah. can go for as long as you like. <laughs> I'm a bit worried about how many beers I can handle. <laughs> um, but we've got, we were founded in 2011 by Christoph Hopp, who was um, an ex-CFO within Swatch Group. Um, he was, you know, he'd been designing watches since he was a kid. It's a, it started out as a love story, actually, which is also about the people. Um, he met his wife who was an Australian dancer in Geneva um, when he was working within Swatch Group and then they moved to Australia. He says you always move to the wife's country. Um, smart move, happy wife, happy life. Never and wrong. Never <laughs> so we um, he moved he moved back, moved to Australia and then he fell in love all over again. He fell in love with the country. And then he was looking at the wrists of you know, the Australian people and he said there are some okay watch brands here, but there's nothing premium. And he, he just said, I can either go and get trained as an accountant here because his credentials, even though he was a CFO one of the, within one of the biggest companies in the world, his credentials didn't wash in Australia. He had to get retrained. And then I think he did do that eventually, but he, he saw an opportunity to follow his passion and, and, start, and start his own watch brand, which is Bossel. And it needed to be two things. One, it had to be Swiss made and it had to you know, represent that Swiss quality and that hundreds of years of tradition and, and craftsmanship, which that was easy, that was, that's where he comes from, that's his, you know, that's his bread and butter. Then he, he racked his brain for a while because he needed something uniquely Australian. And Christo's a little bit out there when it comes to design and what he came up with was a hollow crown, which he uses, used as a display case. And he would go to the center of Australia and pick up some red earth from the desert and he would put it in the in the crown or some white sand from one of our beautiful beaches. So every watch he sent off around the world was he was sending off a piece of Australia, and um, you know, that in itself was you know quite cool. But it was um, something that we need that led led us from there to some very 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 amazing emotional connection or emotionally connected collaborations. 
I thought it was, you know, I, when I first got there, I, I literally you know, thought maybe it's a little bit too gimmicky to build a brand. It makes us a bit too touristy, a bit too niche. But it led us to become the official watch of the Royal Australian Air Force, 100th anniversary, where their, um, their motto was then, now, and always. So what they did for then was they, they went to Point Cook, which is now a museum, but in 1912 it was, the, it was the, the site of the first ever Royal Australian Air Force base. So they took some soil, which we put in the hollow crowns. They also, for the, that was then was covered. For the now, they gave us a piece of the first ever F-18 fighter jet produced and flown in Australia, an actual piece of the fuselage that we cut little discs out and we put it on the case back. So we got then and now covered. Always was their logo, the Royal Australian Air Force logo, the roundel. That is their commitment to always serve the Australian people. So it's then, now, and always. And we told that in every aspect and every element of this watch. It was an incredible story, and it's something that I'm, I, you know, I was blown away to be a part of. We beat out a couple of really big brands in the world, and um, you know, it's. I mean, sure, it's it's great they chose us. It was an easy choice for us being Australian. I'm ignoring that fact and I'm saying we, we did it on merit because you know, I believe in us and I believe in the quality of our product matches matches any around the world. So I'm looking at Greg's watch and again this is for, for anybody who's never seen one of these watches. The the crown, this is one of the models, the Ocean Moon has dual crown. So the crown at four o'clock is it's literally a hollow element that is I, you would not think this would work, but this works, like visually, but also sort of emotionally. This is maybe about four millimeters across, and it's it's full of fine sand. And, you know, this could be presumably, you know, you've done models from all over the place, as you say, sort of the red earth. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, that body you know, beach, that one? Yeah, the ocean moon, believe it or not, Christoph, we're all about mental health and, and about taking the time to do what we love. You know, I, I believe you asked about our mission earlier, and our, our mission is to take the time and to encourage others to take the time. Because time is ours. We can't make time, it's already there. We need to take it. We don't We don't need to earn it, we just take it, it's, it's ours. So every morning, Christoph Hopp swims, ocean swims, with about 150 to 200 other um, Australians across Manly Beach. It's 1.5 kilometers, about a mile. Um, and they see sharks, they see stingrays, they see all sorts of things, but that is from from um, Christoph's local beach. So oh, it's, wow. it's very okay. personal and something that means a lot to him. And that's his little piece of taking the time and what he does to treat himself every day. No matter how cold it is, every single day through winter, they're out there, they're doing it. Some, day, some days before the sun comes up, which is a little much for me. <laughs> I'd like to be able to see if there's something. I may actually, probably it's a, it's a good thing to not see what's coming for you if, yeah. if something's going to get you out there. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little more cowardly than Christo <laughs> when it comes to ocean swimming. So, I mean, in a nutshell, as it pertains to the watches, this is an Australian brand, like real Swiss roots, um, largely Swiss movements. In, in, or is entirely Swiss movements. Is that correct? Yeah. The, the Ocean Moon is, a, is an STP. Yep. Um, and, I mean, look, one thing about Christo that he always wants to add value, I mean, for him as a founder and designer, he wants to add value and make Swiss watches more accessible. Um, obviously, they're never going to be accessible to the masses, 
but he, he I mean, the, the quality to price ratio is incredible. It makes it a little bit hard for me to run the company. Um, I would like some more margin, but if you're listening, yeah, but but yes, Christo. Um, so it's 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 look for me, it's it, it's all about that Swiss heritage. We tick all the boxes to make sure that we're all Swiss made. Um, Although we are working on a on a collaboration shortly that we'll talk about that is um, you know, assembled here in the U.S. and it's um, with with Swiss movements. We also uh, use occasionally we use a Japanese movement. We have done from time to time. We're using uh, a Seiko NH35, which is a great movement. That's a great movement. Yeah. So look at for us. You know, we're always looking for ways to elevate a product, to elevate the brand, and to elevate the lives of those we touch. You know, it's it's you know that take the time that we we continuously go back to, is is about how to elevate people's lives, and it doesn't need to be elevated by, let's go on the biggest yacht or let's do the, you know, the craziest thing. It's sometimes it's just a, a coffee, or Christo talks about um, uh, something that, that meant a lot to him, and it really stopped him in his tracks. There was a he was coming out of one of his his morning swims, and I think the sun had just was just rising. And um, he was walking up the beach and he saw a young millennial, early 20s, just sitting there by herself watching the sun come up and knitting. She was knitting a scarf or knitting a, a, a sweater, I can't remember. He, he didn't get to work out what she was knitting, but he thought, she's just taking the time to do her. And, you know, we're all on the grind and we're all told to work harder, you know, work harder, you'll succeed, work harder, just keep putting in more hours, work harder, fill those hours heavier. But, you know, at, the end of the day to what result you know a watch is a reminder of time and you know one it's that it's the time we've spent and um, you know the time we've lived and how we spent that and also it's a reminder of the time we've got left and how we're going to spend that you know do we want to learn from where we've been do we want to say okay you know I've ground myself to a halt you know as a CEO for me I suffer burnout quite regularly not so much quite regularly now but for a while when I was on that grind and, and you know I was never taking the time I was always giving time, giving time, give more, more, do more, do more, give more, give more. Um, and when I started to take more for me, actually maybe put my own oxygen mask on first, like they say on the plane, before helping the kids, then I was able to be more productive. I was able to help more people. I was able to, you know, to talk to Jamal. How can we scale what we're doing with each other and for each other? How can we scale that into helping more? Um, helping more people. And I feel like I went on a little rant then. I just got a bit passionate because it's this is... What's well, no, where my love is for this. Well, this is a good segue though, because we so we've been aware of the watches for over a year. Greg has actually had a watch for a while. I've had an opportunity to wear the watch. We've we've talked about it on the pod. But what um, we're here to talk about is something that you know we saw. I mean, they're specific models, but it's really more not not so much about the watch itself, but the what's behind the watches. So when you were kind enough to come to our event. You know, just a, a month or so ago, right at, at Overtown, you brought with you a couple of watches that nobody's seen before, and these watches are representative of a uh, a particular kind of a focus that you guys are going to be undertaking or are undertaking, and that's really what we're here to talk about today. Um, I'm I. I don't want to I, I'm literally sort of tongue-tied here because I don't want to talk about a watch that you don't want us to talk about because we've seen a couple here but some of these watches I'm I'm been so floored by the quality 
of the dials in particular, but I have to say the watches that you brought to the the, the Chrono Group event, the the field watch in particular, but the dive watch, which is very much like a you know kind of a Benrus or if you're familiar with Mark II, a Paradive, but that classic Vietnam issued watch, whether you know it's the dive format or the field watch format. Um, they look like nothing I've ever seen before in a colorway I've never seen before with you know the cutout dial that I've never seen before and that's what we sort of want to talk about and I think Jamal that's probably where you fit in can you guys tell us a little bit about this effort like what is what is the plan moving forward to you know have a, a, a quote-unquote military watch that is not just a military gimmick watch you know there's there's some real like meat to hang on the bones here hmm first of all the watch is designed by military veterans the watch is designed by military veterans which is a, a major scope uh, to make sure that the the needs of the watch um, from a, a military perspective were actually met um, to today's perspective where we are now um, in reference to where we sit with the watch itself um, just the fact honestly that the watch is made here in the United States um, Gretchen Watch Institute initiative actually is the program that's actually putting the watch together which is nothing but veterans um, it's a total concept of a veteran approach watch, but not necessarily veteran, just military as a whole. Um, to me, as a military, proud military person, the connection with the watch itself, with the people that have actually made it, the concept of the group that put it together as a design team, it was a little bit more than special. Um, it was really connected to me in a different way as a as a prime military person now, uh, to know that everything about this watch is built honor, respect for the veteran community or the military community has a whole hell of a lot of feel to it. It's something that I wish I could explain it to you in certain ways, but it's such an emotional connection to it. So now these are just kind of educate me a little bit the the watchmakers that are doing the assembly these are guys that are transitioning out of the military and into the the like the the legit you know in quotes these are really, watchmaker world yeah these are proved prior military war veterans okay um, at this particular point some are now making it into a transition point uh they've worked in the veteran they've worked in the civilian world um probably realizing that some things about the feel and the fit of that community may not necessarily work for them totally, but this is an opportunity to be around veterans, to be around people that they're really familiar with and have a program as an outlet when it's totally finished to be certified as a watchmaker um, that has the opportunity to make unlimited income. It's pretty super for, for a veteran. I would, really, I would really say that's pretty super for a veteran. Yeah, we don't talk about this very much. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's you know common knowledge. But I mean, you know, a trained, experienced watchmaker, like you know, 
that's a that's a, a real job with a real income. So let's hold on. Let's maybe frame this for a second too, because I think what we're we're, we're sort of. So this is the new mil spec collection, right? Is what we're talking about specifically. And so Balso has just launched the mil spec collection, which is the first and only non-US watch, guys correct me if I'm wrong. Non-US brand. Non-US watch brand to be granted military IP um, as per spec MIL-W-46374F. We made it to that spec. Okay. Um, it came from Jamal and my friendship. And this is a short version again. I mean, it's a long story, but a short, a short version for, for now is um, Jamal and I had been, you know, we, we met and we, we hit it off and we started trying to support each other as much as we could because we exchanged a few different stories that realized we had some similar PTSD issues from different, different um, parts. His from the military, mine from you know, childhood trauma. And we started to you know, to talk more about how we could scale, how we could scale this, the help and support that we give to each other. And Jamal was part of a few different, um, a few different veteran programs. And I just one day decided to reach out, cold called the US Army on the, through the contact form on their website, as you do. And um, I pitched them a, a watch, similar to the Royal Australian Air Force watch that we just talked, but I wanted it to be um, designed by veterans, assembled by veterans, and then um, a percentage of all sales going towards helping veteran charities. And I'd been in Australia for three months, and I came back and I, I caught up with Jamal and said, "Hey, mate, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to make this uh, watch assembled by veterans. But do you reckon, we would, do you think we'd be able to find anyone in uh, in America who would uh, who'd be able to send, assemble it? Any veterans? Because I thought no hope again. Like I didn't think I'd ever hear back from the U.S. Army, but they emailed me back the next day and said." Great idea, let's do it. That's a short version. <laughs> Took about a year of getting the license and things and ticking boxes, but Jamal said to me, which I was quite surprised, he said, um, while you're away, I wanted to learn more about watch making. So I started doing some research and I found the Veteran Watch Initiative, who teach veterans how to, um, how to make watches. And then he held up his wrist, we were on a Zoom, and he said, they've already sent me a watch and here's the one I put together. So um, it was quite amazing. I said, oh, that's awesome. So what? Like it's just been such a good like yeah. story of all the way through, and you know it, it's it's something that from every even from the very first email to the U.S. Army that I expected to never hear again, hear from again, everyone says I really you know I love this concept and and we want to make it work because it's such a it's such a big problem here for, for veterans. I live not far from the VA building in in LA. And, that's that's been my biggest motivation. I, I always ask Jamal, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? And you know, it's a huge problem, and I don't know if we can fix it, but I sure want to do my best to see if we can somehow. You know, we're in, we want to employ veterans. We want them involved in the design committee. One of the um, one of the design um, team members, Rohan Matthews, is he actually served with Jamal, and um, they have a really strong friendship that dates back how long now? At this particular stage, 30 years. 30 years. And um, you served in 187 together? Yeah, he was my roommate. He was my yeah. roommate in 187. 187 is 101st Airborne? Uh, 101st Airborne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Air Assault Division. Uh, we've been best friends at each marriage at this stage. Uh, seen all the kids grow up, 30 year relationship. Um, I think that comes from the bond that you build during war, to be totally honest with you, and the things that you go through and the people that you have to depend upon, um, 
that depends end up being for life. It's not, it's not just for a moment, it's not just for a tour. So it, it ends up being something that's a real connection. So it lasts. And 30 years ago, would you have ever thought that you'd both be designing watches together? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But Ro Rohan um, sent us an unsolicited email afterwards, and it, it just, it was, it kind of typified everything that we're, actually, it, it, it put what I feel for this project on steroids. Really, it's a good place if I might ask you guys a little bit more about the task force and sort of the, the guiding you know, counsel that you guys had. Shout out to uh, another Spirit of Time alum, Serge. Who yes, I think is, is yeah. You guys on that. Um, tell us about the task force. How, you know, how did it come together? You told us, tell us now, you know, some of the you know connective tissue, but what is the task force meant to you, and how have they participated, and, and, and who's on it that you want to? You know, I, I pulled. I, I pulled some of the design team together last couple of weeks back mm -hmm. and all roads led to Jamal I said one of the questions that I asked him was how did you get involved in the uh, in the podcast and every single person said our friend Jamal our friend Jamal except for Serge um, Serge is from the OC chrono group yep um, he writes about watches he's a watch expert in the way 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 more detail than most watch experts that I know um, He's also, believe it or not, from the same town as Christo in France. Oh, wow. I don't think we realized that. No, yeah. That, that did not come up in our conversation. No, it's a very, very weird connection. When they started talking, they broke from um, Malouze in, wow. in France, which is a small town. Um, and Serge told us that. We didn't realize yeah. that. Was, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, well, so, when you think about it, right? I mean, just take... I'm sorry. I'm going to no, to build on this. But, like, Serge, in terms of, like... The, his watch expertise it's not what i would describe as the technical expertise but it's the watch's place in history absolutely and that's um why it's important as a as a, a subject matter right mm -hmm. to, to study or to, to devote time and energy on it's a great dude and, and uh, he, i love him and that's why the jamal and the veterans they talked to us and helped us their input was integral in what they would need or what they would look for in a watch in the field but Serge, with his history of watches and his understanding of watch history and, and military watch history, um, I think the, the Risk Plora is his Instagram, and um, he all, always has his watch on, a, on a, a Marine or on a SEAL or on a something. He's spotting watches all over, all throughout the military and, and telling stories about them. So it was amazing to have him involved as well. Yeah, I, def I definitely say having um, that technical aspect on the team uh, when when I was had the opportunity to go to Odessa to visit the, the Veteran Watch Institute to hear the stories from the other veterans in reference to where they come where they came from and where they know they're going and the opportunities that presents to them um, to have an opportunity to have a career for the after their first career is now over they get to develop a new career that has an income that could satisfy their lifestyle and their family. That was extremely touching to me. That was like the core of it. So to be able to come back to LA and work with Aaron, building a team of people, I wanted to make sure that we could bring the best essence of veterans to the table to connect with this, with the, with the actual professionals in the business that understand the real technical side of watch making and watch building 
that was to me that was just like a great aspect of the business. Of the it's it's almost it's hard to distill. There's so many pieces to this yeah. that are impressive, right? But that to me is like a cherry on top. Where you could, I, as an outsider, not knowing about the project, I could have never imagined that would be sort of the crescendo. And for that to be the case, right? Designed by, assembled by veterans is just—it's almost hard to fathom, you know. And it, and it, it just it, the weight to which that brings to this project, I think, is hard to measure, but also supremely uh, impressive um, and supremely rewarding. It's for me. I wake up every day and I think, you know, I can get to sleep at four in the morning, wake up at six and be fresh because I'm doing something that means something to me and I love it. Um, it's, you know, I, if I had my way and I, I want to set up an affiliate program where, you know, if I can do it properly, my dream is that every veteran in the country can be part of our affiliate program and generate some revenue, some much needed revenue to, you know, to get the, the medication that they're struggling to get or to get the get a massage or whatever it is that you know because their back's a mess whatever it is they need and and you know i, I am in the process of of setting that up but my dream is that it's it, we become the go-to for uh, for support so before we get into sort of because listen let's be honest there's a lot of people who are listening to this who need to know the technical aspects we need to describe these watches soon right but yeah yeah before we do that i just want to hit on one final not one final point but another point there's a portion of these proceeds that are going directly to veteran causes, right? Absolutely. And I know that was an important part of the design of this. Of course. So we want to know more about that. And I think some of that starts with the day that two of you spent at the beach. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's where it all kind of came about, Jamal, you think? I would like, definitely say the first <laughs> essence of it. <laughs> look, it wasn't, it, look, it's not where it started because it started with our friendship and, our, and, and just our love of, we both have a love for people. But, and a care for people. We, we're both carers and, you know, we both know what it feels like to hurt. And we wanted, you know, if I could, I'd, uh, we'd hug the whole world and say, hey, guys, it's going to be all right. But we can only do so much. Jamal invited me to a surf day, which was part of merging vets and players. And, players. and who else? Higher ground. Higher ground. So, he's, and this was my first kind of interaction with a big group of veterans and the, these veterans were out in the surf and I've been a surfer my whole life since I was five so I, I know the ocean I love the ocean and I see things in the ocean differently to other people especially to veterans who have never surfed before and um, I could see these smiles that were just so big and they just love the ocean energy and these guys are paddling into waves no they weren't huge waves but they were just in the, the worst positions. In them. <laughs> Not set up for success. No, there's <laughs> no way they could make what they're doing. But their face was completely oblivious. Their smiles were ear to ear. And they had that they had that energy that I had my whole life since I was five, surfing, just feeling the ocean picking you up and moving you. And, and it's, it's something that's pretty amazing. All right, let me interrupt. We're in, <laughs> we're in full body suits. Aaron comes out with a pair of shorts on, and that's it. And by full body suits, he doesn't mean military suits. He means long wet suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's freezing cold in this water. Didn't bother him. It didn't bother him at all. I was totally, I, hey, it got me right away. So. I was like, that's not a suit. This is a suit. And then, um, you know, the energy was, was so fun. And then we got in on the beach and everyone started talking. And I, I got closer to some of the veterans. And the energy was still high, but there was a sadness to some of these guys. And it, 
it's a sadness that I knew so well. It's something that I really connected with because it's, you know, I had a breakdown in my early 20s that I, you know, there are quite a few mental health podcasts out there that I speak on. And um, it was, it's something that for me, you know, it kind of takes one to know one, which is a childish saying as a kid, but it, it really does that, you know, you know each other when you when you suffered in, in that way. And that, that's what brought the serious element to it. And I, I said to Jamal, I, I, you know, those guys are amazing, but I, I felt I felt this sadness and I we need to see, we need to do something. It was, it was a difference once you, once you got farther enough out in the ocean and you sat on top of the surfboard and you looked back toward the real world, it, it became real small. And all the issues that you were currently dealing with they had to go out of the way because you have to survive to get back to land. <laughs> so Sorry, I shouldn't those, laugh at that. So all those issues kind of like go out the door and all the problems go out the door. And to be honest, it felt better sitting on that board than it did landing on the sand. So when we landed back on sand, I know for me, when we got into the group, he's talking about the seriousness of where we went. It's because I think a lot of us realize at that point when we were outside in that ocean, a lot of those problems that we deal with day to day don't exist out there. They were gone. They were just, it was all about, we put ourselves back into more of survival mode. Let all this go. I got to get back to land. But I'm going to enjoy getting back to land. This has been a fun, this has been a fun tour. But when I get back, I'm really back to where I started from at the beginning. And that's when that group when we got together and we had that conversation, I think that's really where the spearhead of the conversation starts sure. from because we left that really in the ocean until we landed back on, on sand. I, I, you know, I, sh I shouldn't have laughed at that. I laughed mm -hmm. at that as a, as a surfer mm -hmm. for my whole life. Getting back to shore is what it's all about. It's, it's, all the, about. it's the best thing. But for a, a first-time surfer to think, how am I going to get back to shore? Yeah. Um, and, and the metaphor of it all. Yeah. And the piece that he's talking about is, you know, I talked about childhood trauma earlier. Um, I came from a place uh, called Maroubra Beach, which is like five beaches south of Bondi Beach in Sydney. And it's million-dollar homes and $100 a week housing commissions all in the one place. So yeah. it's quite a big melding pot of, and so there's some crazy stories out of there, but most of us we escaped to the ocean for exactly that that piece where no one could touch us mm -hmm. yep. and so that's kind of that was an almost an excited laugh as well you know you, you nailed something you nailed something that had been in my head and my heart for a long time that i'd never actually put the two together so i haven't uh, just an aside so i don't surf anymore but i you know i did when i was younger and i i live far enough away from it it's kind of too much of a hassle but do you um, do you get more out of just being in the lineup and just sitting versus being on the wave? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I could just go out and sit on a board for an hour I just feel and, and not not yeah. take one wave. Yeah. Definitely. And that's like ninety percent of it. Yep. Okay. So sorry, that's just an aside. No, it's true. It's um, it's, it's just loving that ocean energy. You yep. Leave, yep. You leave it all out there in the field. Yep. Yep. So, kind of picking this back up. Where, what is the timeline for the release of the, these new watches and when are people going to start seeing them? We're in an audio medium, so we're talking about them. We've seen them. I have pictures. You have pictures. When will people be able to see this stuff? This timeline, 
can't come soon enough for me. It's been an idea in my head for about two years ago that Jamal and I have been talking about. Then it became a, an email to the US Army, then it became a reply, then it became a design team, then it became prototypes, and now then it became prototypes in mass production. And we're about to, um, it's actually tomorrow, it's about to start being teased on Instagram. Um, Bossel on Instagram, B-A-U-S-E-L-E. -E. Tomorrow being the 12th of October, I believe. Yep, 12th of October, or 13th if you're in Australia because you guys are ahead of us. <laughs> right. Um, we do have Australian listeners. Yeah, actually a lot. Yeah. Good. Hi, guys. Yeah. Nico Kav, by the way, shout out. Always, yeah. always listens and comments. Dude, yeah, the, the best foodie south of the equator. <laughs> um, Nico, what's up? Hello, mate. We need a beer soon. Um, so we're, we're releasing in pre-order on the 21st of December. And um, there's actually, if you will start some teasers, there's a teaser page coming out tomorrow. If you want more information, there'll be a, a link to a teaser page on our website. So you can sign up and make sure that you don't miss, um, you know, if you are interested in one of these watches that are, as you can tell, a, an amazing story. Um, there's talk that they will go. There's a limited edition of the Black US Army watch of 500 and then a, uh, the beige or the sand um, of two, is a limited edition of 250. Um, there's talk they'll go in the first 24 hours and we have people reaching out and um, saying how do I secure my number already. So um, yeah, jump on our Instagram, Bossel, B-A-U-S-E-L-E, and um, you know, click the link and, and come through to the, the teaser page and start to get an understanding. I mean, the, this story's given you a good understanding of what we've been building and how and why, more importantly, why. Um, you know, and, and Jamal and I have been talking, and this is a, a first on here that our Christo doesn't even know yet. But uh, our, Jamal, and my goal is is to you know to donate a million dollars to to veterans, and you know for us to do that, we need to blow past any micro indie or whatever type of watch brand, and we, we need to come we need to come we're coming strong regardless. Um, you know, I, I believe in what we're doing. Our product's killer, and. Um, you know, I want to change lives of, of everyone, but we're going to start with the veterans. And you know, I feel like I'm on a rant because when I, it's like passion takes over, and I just I can't get the feeling out. I, I know that sounds weird because it's maybe it doesn't sound weird, but I do feel like I'm on a rant, and I'm just gibbering. So I'm going to wrap it up now. No, it doesn't someone's, sound weird. Yeah, no, you're me. good. You're Save good. Me. You're good. <laughs> well, hey, well, let me. So let me clarify something. I mean, you've kind of referred to this a couple times. You know, having emailed the army, etc. But I mean, what what I'm taking away from this is this is not an army or military inspired watch in air quotes, but the the intellectual property for these designs is officially blessed by U.S. Army Department of Defense. Correct. So this is yeah, this is un, to a certain extent kind of under the, those auspices, and this is not something again that is just like a inspired by dot dot dot. No. This, this is, an is official. Yeah, this official, is this is a real thing. Yep, it's a, it's an official IP license. Um, it has the the black version has the U.S. Army uh, emblem embossed on the case back. It looks super cool. It also, and I don't want to give too much away. It's also um, talks about being assembled by veterans, military veterans, and it's our our catchphrase: anti-negative vibes. You know, take the time, take a break from the from the from the you know the negative vibes and. You know, take the time to look after each other and, and to ask each other, are you all right? You know, are you okay? Because especially as males, we, you know, I have friends who say, 
to me, I'm the only person they talk to about their mental health worries or whenever they're stressed, I'm the only one they feel comfortable to. And that for me is a real issue because we're all the same. We all hurt, we all, you know, we all need help, we all need to heal, but we all have to go around pretending we're Superman. Like really? The playground's closed. You know, we're all in our 50s now, not all of you, but Greg, you punk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, closing, I'm closing in on some some milestone. Birthday. I was just going. Around, I was just going around the table doing the math. Not it's all like of fifty us. something, fifty something, fifty something. But, Man, you know, he's a baby. But you know, at what point does this become about each other? And to say, you know, what about this? You break your leg as a kid. You proudly wear a cast, and you get all of your friends to sign it. That's how proud you are. But if you have any type of mental health issue. Oh, I'm not going to tell that. I'm not going to tell anyone that. There's no signing of caps. No, no there's right. no proudness. There's no nothing. But you would, you know, you cut your arm, you put a bandaid on it. But oh. it's, you know, I, I, I nearly died because of it. And I'm, I'm going to get a little deep here. And I had a breakdown in my early 20s. That, for that exact reason, that I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. I didn't want to tell my story. I didn't want to reach out for help because I thought that I would end up in a straitjacket. People would judge me and blah blah blah. Because all I'd seen about mental health was movies. And, um, you know, I nearly waited too long. And, you know, I was about to check out. And that's, this is part of, it's been a blessing for me because it, it gave me the opportunity to have a richer, deeper, more engaged, fulfilled life in the small things. You know, and ending my friendship with people like Jamal and in meeting you guys. And that's why it's always going to be about the people. I love watchers, but it's always going to be about the people because we're all in this together. We're all the same. And here I am again on another rant. Well, it's always struck me that I see both of you guys, but you know, when you're out and about, you know, traveling, you know, and, and meeting people, they're authentic. You know, I see you guys checking in. Oh, here's coffee with such and such. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Here's coffee with, you know, here's a meeting. And it just it strikes me that you guys foster, create and foster authentic relationships, and that I think it's born out of some of these things that you're describing now. Yep, I think when we when we were here earlier, um, talked about. Um, Matt talked about rules, and my my only rule is, or no, it was when the waitress came and asked for allergies. My only allergy is like I'm allergic to dicks. Like, <laughs> don't be a dick is my only rule. You know, we're all life's hard enough outside without the people that are close to us making it hard. So, if we can't change each other's lives for the better in some way, like, what are we here for? So we'd be remiss, though, not to mention, I don't think we've actually given any detail about the Millspec collection. I know we've mentioned some colorways and, and some, some of the design features. Could we could we just quickly go through the two, specifically the two the two references? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I so we don't have them in front of us because these are a way for been, professional been. photography, right? Promotional, um, the photos are being taken. Yep. But we've seen them, and they're basically... Two watches, multiple colorways of each. The first watch I would describe as, you know, essentially a you know a uh, uh, no rotable bezel field watch with that sort of that military inspired font, sandwich dial, and it's a 24 hour scale. So you know, 12 and then 12 through 24 on the inner. So something that you would see. You know, and other watches that you're familiar with, like in that, in that, with that look. 40s field watch, military yep. adjacent. Exactly, right? exactly. You know, Seiko has done it. Uh, you know, Hamilton has done it, etc. Absolutely classic, but with a twist because of the fact that it's got that, that sort of that sand khaki, you know, dial color. It's got the 
sandwich, sandwich style, yeah. which I've never seen done in anything like this. And it's a little larger. I mean, if the, if this watch is traditionally maybe 36 or 37 millimeter, this is 40, right? No, it's a 38. Okay, so it's it's right in the sweet spot of what you want and what hits right now, I think, for like a, an everyday wear. So just super, super cool. And then the diver, Greg, can you kind of riff on that? Do you remember? Do you have that in your head? Because I yeah. do, if no, you don't. I, if I was looking, correct me, Aaron and Jamal, 39 and a half, or is that also 30? 39 and a half. Okay, so that one's 39 and a half. So again, on term, in terms of a dive watch, I think I think it's downsized in a nice way, right? But it's got this, again, we're talking about some really sweet spot, you know, sizes for some of us watch yep. nerds that like that wearability. Um, Asymmetric case? Yes. Yeah, so you will, I, again, I don't want to recognize other, or what's the word I'm looking for? You will recognize this as a classic, you know, 60s era military watch. The reason you'll recognize it is because it was, it was made from an actual military spec document. The, the Department of Defense um, has a 40-page document. Um, that talks about what a watch needs to be um, in order for it to be approved to be worn in the field. And um, the last time they updated that, I think is in 2009, November 2000, uh, sorry, <laughs> way off, November 1991. Um, so we've made it to that spec, but with Bussell flavor. Yeah, I mean, really, when I'm, I'm looking at this, so Greg has handed me, you know, kind of a, a quick image of this. Um, I've had the watch in hand. Super impressive build quality. I love the bezel. It is only the case to me that is uh, the thing that I recognize immediately from different references historically. The handset is different. The dial color is different. The dial treatment is different. The colorway is different. Everything about this is like, you know, kind of up, up to date, a, a new sort of interpret, yeah, a new interpretation of this. But it, it absolutely looks like it's immediately going to bring you back to, you know, the the watch that you would have seen on the wrist of a UDT-1 guy or UDT-2 guy in 1967. It's exactly what this looks like. Um, very, very evocative. I think it's super, like, Basel flavor. What year were you in, you know? Jamal? 85. 85. Yeah. This it is, is Bustle flavor for it sure. It is Bustle flavor, you know. And, yep. But I do think it's a it's a fresh new look at what I would expect, what I have come to expect of the brand too, because I think the melding of your flavor with the design language that you're drawing from that was already been spelled out created something that's very different in that space. Super excited about it for exactly that reason. I mean, yeah. on top of all of the other stuff, but yeah, it do, it doesn't look like anything else. It's it's like it's got the silhouette, but all the details look different and in a good way. It's really cool. Knowing that it can be worn in garrison with BDU uniforms, it's an excellent position as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You can wear this on post with any BDU outfit. <laughs> That's really good. And why do you need to do that? To <laughs> <laughs> <a> look good. <laughs> no, Jamal's been educating me that. There's, when you all wear the same uniform, there aren't many things that can make you stand out from anyone else. Other than your watch. There you go. But yeah. Top, have you seen this watch? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a daily activity. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, Holding I'm... boots and flashing your watch. There you <laughs> I'm excited to see these on wrists. It's, uh, these are, I, you know, this is right up my street, like in terms of, you know, something that speaks to me. Um, you know, even more, and as much as I like this, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding up Greg's Ocean Moon. This is Ocean Moon 4. Yeah. So this is, you know, basically the, the 12, 4, and 8 are, are you know, the prominent, uh, you know, um, yeah, the Arabics. And as, as cool as this is, and it is cool, I think, you know, these, these Army-inspired, military-inspired watches are just kind of next level. I think you could understand this one, uh, being an officer in the military and I being an enlisted. Uh, you've already done four years uh, at a university. Most of these enlisted that are actually coming into the Army, this is their university. This is going to be their alumni program. This is going to be their life. This is their degree. This is everything. So when I look at the crown of the watch and I realize the soil that can go inside of it, I'm connecting that soil to that port, which is now my university, which is now my alumni. This is where I'm going to end up building relationships with probably a new wife, a best friend, an associate for life, different connections and things that you can possibly do once you leave the military, but in the process of being in the military, those are things that's gonna connect with that soul. This, this, I would definitely say this is your university. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to put you on blast for this, but are, is, are there plans to have like different crowns for different places? We actually have. So tell, actually, build onto that too. We didn't talk about the case backs. I don't know that we actually specifically talked about the crown yet. In terms of this project, no, we haven't. So, yeah, please. You go. All right. So, um, the hollow crown that I talked about before that Christo needed—that um, is a part of all of our watches or every Bossel watch. Um, in the hollow crown of uh, display crown of, of the military watches, we have some soil from um, the parade grounds of five, the five biggest forts around the country. Um, so it is really a you know, imagine how many boots have walked over that parade ground and graduated through there and and received awards and you know um, it's like an honorary degree yeah <laughs> and that's look, that's that's one of the things that Jamal's always taught me when people come back from and this is one thing that really rang true to me and I, I didn't I didn't see it before is that when when they come back from the military and they've done their four years that's a degree but their degree-based friends who didn't serve who went to college are in way higher paying jobs in way better jobs and the guys who did their degree here are now, um, you know, who did their degree in the military, or their their training, not that didn't have it, don't have a degree, but they have a, you know, an a, an incredible association. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but they they start different. It's almost like they start behind. I mean, when you transition out, what's the expectation of your life? Because you've given your life to the military. This is this is literally your career that has an expiration date. And once you expire and you go out into the civilian world, you have to rebuild all over again. You can't take some of those skills levels and transition into a civilian market because, just to be honest with you, we were speaking earlier, there could be an E4 that is doing a job of an E8. And we both know this. And they get out in the civilian world, that could relate to someone that could be a VP. But a VP is not gonna give that job up to. You know, this, the watchmaker initiative is going to kind of close the circle on, on that person Absolutely. transitioning from the military. Absolutely. That's what I saw within the program itself is the fact that these combat war veterans have an opportunity now to close the gap. 
to recreate the career that they need to be self-sufficient to even feel like you're a man again in life again like i can take care of my family myself i don't need the assistance of any other organization or any other person i want to see if i can do this on my own and this one program allows them to do that once they graduate in two years that's that's absolutely amazing to me yeah it's it's important that somebody like that you know, is able to find some place to land, no pun intended, after having a life, you know, where that person was a maybe a, you know, a real meat eater and gets out into the civilian world where, you know, basically a bunch of soft people tell you without, without using words that your life experience doesn't mean as much as mine because I went to Wharton. And to still be able to do that with disabilities at the same time is amazing. Yeah. Some of these guys have PTSD. It could be some disability from amputees. amputees. You don't need any, any disabilities be, at all. Can you can you imagine spending 20 years like humping, you know, Pendleton or Hunter Liggett? What does that do to your back? What does that do to your your knees? Three degenerated discs in my lower back, <laughs> yeah. two in my neck. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. That's exactly what you're yeah. you, you don't have to get shot. You don't, you don't have to jump out of airplanes. Dude. Just just hump a rucksack for 15 years in, in an infantry unit. You're going to be disabled. Yeah, imagine being uh, 110 pounds with a 150-pound rope pack <laughs> on my back. And that's, that's so me. I've, I've done that. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, guys, this is... All of this is amazing. The watches are genuinely amazing. Um, we're going to try to, you know, turn this episode around and get it up. We're a little off schedule, but as quickly as possible so that you know, people the, the can be... Of, we don't do like, oh, you know, every Monday, we just put things out when we want to put them out. We try yeah. to do it as often as possible, but we'll be able to turn this around because we can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think with that in mind, guys, we should probably have our last sip. Is there any kind of, you know, parting, parting words, last, you know thing you'd like to say as far as kind of driving people to look toward these watches? As a veteran, I definitely want to make sure that we reach the goal of a million bucks being able to support other veteran organizations, need it be micro organizations all the way to top organizations, because micros need it just as more than anything, because they touch actual veterans quicker and first more than the top people and they need this money more than anybody so for us to be able to give that money back to these low-end organizations spearhead them off and reach these veterans quicker than anyone can we have 22 suicides per day it's decreased right now to 17 which is absolutely great we're trying to even more reduce that number down even more but right now we're still sitting at 17 that's a massive number for amount of people these are these are U.S. born people. These, these are our people that we're trying to protect and make sure that they continue to live a great life. So anything that we can do right now is to meet this one million bucks and give it all back to these organizations and make sure that we support the hell of our two soldiers. Right on. And if you are one of those micros or you know of one of those micro organizations, um, please get in touch, reach out. And yeah, I mean, well, as I said before, we want to set up that affiliate program so that you know, everyone gets to play. It's we're, you know, we're non-exclusive. Um, we just, you know, we're all the same. Let's all help each other, and please reach out if you need help. Just to reiterate, October twenty-first, right? Yeah. People will be able to go on, actually reserve 
Yeah, but if, if you want to if you want to send an email to info at bussell.com or even my personal email ac at bussell.com, b-a-u-s-e-l-e.com, um, you know, I'd be happy to hear from you and see how we can bring you into the affiliate program and and help you you know generate revenue to you know, to to achieve your mission. Um, and you know, even if you are struggling on any mental health stuff, reach out anyway. Aside from any any mission or or any association, just. I'm always up for chat if you need anything. How can people find you guys? Um, Cootie2107, C-O-O-T-I-E 2107 is my Instagram. Um, and my email is AC, A for Apple, C for Charlie, at B-A-U-S-E-L-E dot com. J-A at Bazel com or at the Jamal Ali IG. Very good. Well, I tell you what, we are uh, we're in an environment where it's probably not super conducive to kind of go through all of like the you know the usual last words and, and recommendations and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so too. Just turn this off and keep chatting. I think let's just uh, guys, <laughs> cheers. Thanks for being on with us. And thanks for having me. And thanks to the watch community for you know, enriching my life. Appreciate it. Cheers. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.